Red states take Secretary Mayorkas to court over his order to relax deportations. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, I'll also be very blunt on how the left is constantly trying to sexualize our children. Follow the Sarah Carter Show wherever you get your podcasts. Black Rifle Coffee Company is helping you knock out your holiday shopping. If you have a coffee lover on your shopping list, Black Rifle has the best coffee brewing gear, thermoses, mugs, and apparel, all designed for folks who love America. Stuff your stockings with all of the highest-grade American roasted coffee and become a holiday hero by joining the Black Rifle Coffee Club. Set your coffee delivery schedule to your exact preferences, and it arrives at your door with no shipping fees. It's the gift that just keeps on giving. Looking for a patriotic gear and a pair for your friends and family, be sure to check out all of Black Rifle's new clothing designs. Veteran-founded and run, Black Rifle Coffee Company takes pride in serving coffee and culture to people who love America, and each purchase you make helps support veteran and first responder causes. Head over to blackriflecoffee.com Dana to find my favorites and get all of the best merch, coffee, and apparel in time for the holidays. That's blackriflecoffee.com Dana. blackriflecoffee.com Dana. The targeting and the victimization of the trans community on Twitter is very real, very life-threatening, and extraordinarily serious. Um, We have seen from a number of Twitter accounts, including libs of TikTok notably, that there are orchestrated campaigns that particularly are singling out a group that is already particularly vulnerable within society. And so, yeah, not only is it not funny, but it is dangerous and it does contribute to an environment that makes people unsafe in the world. Babylon B? <sighs> what a golly. Babylon B? I'm telling you something. This, this has just been a weird weekend of discovery. It's a weird weekend of, of up is down, black is white. I don't even know. I mean, it's... Every, it, it's <sighs> Yeah, and I kind of want to be like, well, um, everything that we said was true. I kind of want to be like, we told you so with everything. I know that's kind of bratty, but really, I mean, ultimately, that's kind of what it is. We told everybody so. Oh, man, we're going to jump into this. Welcome to the program. Dana Lash here with you to start your Monday off somehow uh, as we go into this week. Yeah, this... So this, we had the big Twitter files we had. I'm really fascinated to see, by the way, what they, how they specifically targeted like Babylon B. I mean, you have like actual, you know, you have people here who, who Democrats, and it's all been proven that they did all of this. They targeted everybody. Requests. They worked hand in glove with the administration uh, to do this. And so... I'm just, you know, I'm, I, we're, we're going to dive into all of this because it's a lot to get into. Welcome to the nationally syndicated radio show. And you can watch the simulcast of that at some point here. We're dealing with some digital stuff. But um, it's just us, Skeleton Crew. So uh, to dive into this, because it's been a, it, there's been a lot of moving pieces here. The, first it was the, the, all of the files with this were given to Matt Taibbi, which I think is interesting because I've always had, I've had some issues with Matt Taibbi in the past. Like he and I, in fact, one of my first big Twitter fights was with Matt Taibbi. And it was on CNN, interestingly enough. And this, the back and forth that I had with him because he was, he went along with a lot of the media stuff. 
it was about the Tea Party stuff. And he was saying, oh, the Tea Party's racist and they're a bunch of racist, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we had this huge fight. And I think over the span of the past 10 years, as he watched the left go further and further left, that it became evident to him. He, he could not follow. That was not a path that he could follow. So in this, he was the one who ultimately had handed out and published a Twitter thread about all of the everything, all of the suppression, everything related to the government working with. I, I mean, because there are a lot of the same people that were under that are under Musk now were there with Dorsey, right? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. So they were, I mean, they were pretty much there. So they, all of these files were given to Matt Taibbi. And he was the one who was going to, he, he put this Twitter thread out about it. Everything that we all, that we have said for the past how long was correct. The suppression and everything. Absolutely everything was all correct. Everything that we said had happened, happened. And so... That's, you know, the nature. I mean, that's that's it. And Glenn Greenwald was writing about the media spin was crazy. So this entire time that you had Democrats claiming that Republicans or that Trump or somebody else was trying to overthrow an election, they actually had their fingers on the scale of a free and fair election to undermine your vote. And all of these files prove that beyond any shadow of a doubt. I'm just wondering, what's the consequence for something like this? This is one of the biggest stories in our nation's history. So the FBI, they got the okay from, it was the, the government, it's, it's the, uh, the Twitter partisan diehards, all of these people work together to suppress stories, suppress accounts, shadow ban people at the request of these government toadies. One of the spins that I that I saw come from this had to do with people saying that, well, you know, Trump was in office at this time. Oh, shut up. That's such a moronic response. He was in office for four years, not only dealing with Democrats, but also dealing with all of the people that they dumped into government those past four years. He had to deal with, I mean, deep state is a real thing. I used to not say that. It is a real thing. There's no other way to get around it. No other way to get around it. It is a very real thing. And so you had people in government, as you saw, like the people like uh, the Peter Strzok's and the Lisa Page's. You had the people like uh, uh, Bruce Ower and DOJ. All of these individuals, they're all government bureaucrats. They're all in these positions of power and they abuse their power and authority to try to undermine an election. So you can't really say, well, Trump was in office. So because all of these individuals that had been ensconced previously by Democrats had been there this whole entire time. So. It came out that a former FBI lawyer who approved that fraudulent FISA warrant to spy on uh, Trump campaign volunteers had actually also helped censor the Hunter Biden story. Over at Daily Caller, James Baker, the former lawyer who was involved in approving that false FISA warrant to spy on the campaign, worked to censor that laptop story. And the story, this Baker, who was also Twitter's deputy general counsel at the time, said that it was reasonable to assume that the materials in this Hunter Biden story had been hacked and caution is warranted. 
Even if it was hacked, why would caution be warranted? I mean, this is a story. I mean, normally this is what media does. They say that they said that Baker said, I support the conclusion we need more facts to assess whether the materials were hacked. At this stage, it's reasonable for us to assume that they may have been and the caution is warranted. He said some facts. This is what they all ran with. They all ran with us. Oh, it's all hacked. It's all hacked information. Well, we can't uh, we, we can't do anything with this. Now, Baker had worked as general counsel for the FBI, and he testified in 2018 that he had reviewed the FISA application against Carter Page. And FBI investigators sought this warrant against him in 2016. Lawyers with the FBI had rejected the proposal, according to Daily Caller, saying that they needed more information to support the allegations that Page was a Russian agent before they approved the warrant. So Steele gave the FBI all of these memos from that discredited gossip that he had. And, the, and the, remember, that was all they 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 laundered that they took that information, they laundered it in the press. And then they took those stories to and used that as probable cause. And then James Baker acted shocked. Oh, yes, we absolutely do need to uh, suppress all of these things. These people are snakes. Snakes. And apparently there's going to be more coming out. Musk said that there's this is just the beginning. There's going to be more that they're going to reveal. He said, we're going to have a clean slate and we're going to force people to be truthful. I'm uh, completely for that. So you can't tell me that Twitter's a private business while it's acting as an agent of state for the government. You can't, ju- you can't do that because that's exactly, you can say that, oh, it's a private business. It was a private business that was colluding with the federal government, with partisans in the federal government embedded in these bureaucratic agencies Partisans who were working with a campaign all to suppress any kind of dissent and alter the course of, of history. Meanwhile, they themselves have have uh, chosen as their for their DNC leadership, one of the biggest election deniers possible. Minority leader Hakeem Jeffries in the House. There is so much audio of him and video of him repeatedly and tweets repeatedly repeatedly over and over again denying he said uh, Trump was uh, was an illegitimate president that 2016 was an illegitimate election I mean all kinds of I mean over and over and over again handfuls of just tons of it he was one of the lead election deniers audio soundbite seven he was asked about this this is this pathetic answer but you, you did say the history will never accept Donald Trump as a legitimate president, and the Republicans are making quite a big issue out of that. What is your response? Well, here's the Republican playbook. Facts don't matter. Hypocrisy is not a constraint to their behavior. And in many cases, they believe that shamelessness is a superpower. My view of the situation has been pretty clear. I supported the certification of Donald Trump's election. I attended his inauguration, even though there were many constituents and others across the country pushing me and others to do otherwise and found ways to work with the Trump administration. Well, the facts are his tweets. The facts are his repeated election denials. It's 100% projection. Yeah, but it's all projection. So his tweets that he typed with his own stupid hands, that's projection. Good grief. This is just, it's, it's unbelievable. But no, you know, it's the Babylon B, which we started the show. That's the, that's the danger, everybody. It's the Babylon B. This is one of the greatest stories of government abuse in American history. And we only know of it because they got too confident and they got sloppy. 
makes you wonder how many other things that we don't know because they they actually played their cards right. It's just unbelievable. And so we have more of this. We're also going to talk uh, a little bit about the Constitution. We got Trump's Truth Social post. We're going to get into the media malpractice with all of this. This is this is one of the biggest stories I think of a generation. We also have Georgia's runoff tomorrow and some of the polling. And uh, I have a bunch of wokery as well. National security issue, too, because now there's an investigation into this North Carolina power outage that's caused by what the what law enforcement say are, in, are intentional attacks on substations. We've talked for quite a few years about how we need to protect our grid, but are we actually doing it? And Jim Jordan's scheduled to join us in our second hour. So we have quite a bit to get into today. Folks, our great nation was founded on the principle that all men are created equal. But far too many of our nation's colleges and universities, including those in the Ivy League, continue to insist on using race as a factor for admissions. The Supreme Court is deciding on this very subject right now. But there is a unique American college that doesn't discriminate based on race. It never has and never will. It's one of my favorites, Hillsdale College. Hillsdale was founded in 1844 to educate all persons, irrespective of nationality, color, or sex. And it continues that policy today, admitting students on the strength of their character, their ability, and intentions, not their heritage or background. Dr. Larry Arne, the president of Hillsdale College, recently published an article explaining Hillsdale's colorblind policies and its related refusal of government funding, even indirectly, in the form of federal student aid. Read it for yourself at Dana4FORHillsdale.com. And after you read it, please consider supporting Hillsdale with a year-end gift. So please, go read Dr. Arne's article today at Dana4Hillsdale.com. That's Dana4Hillsdale.com. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. All right, so first up for headlines here. This is a a crazy story. This comes out from New York Post. A Colorado grandmother, Ruby Johnson, sued a cop who ordered the SWAT raid of her home. And the SWAT team stormed 77-year-old Ruby Johnson's Montebello home. This was after what they said was a dangerous misunderstanding on how to use an Apple app. Now, the people who filed this, it's ACLU of Colorado, they said at least eight officers in full-body armor toting fully automatic firearms raided her home in search of several stolen items, including six firearms and an iPhone. This is on January 4th. And they said in the suit, they named the lead detective in this raid. They said it was a hastily prepared, bare-bones, misleading affidavit all to obtain a warrant and perform an illegal search of her home. So she's seeking a jury trial and unspecified damages. And apparently it's they were searching for a truck and it was not her property. It was like the wrong property, essentially. So this, this is just a crazy story. So uh, you would think that, you know, they're able to like track people with January 6th and all that, but you can't. I'm just saying you can't get this right. Uh, Guns do save lives. An armed bystander in Florida stopped an attack on a pregnant woman. Uh, The bystander said he feared for the woman's life had the attack continued. Pinellas County Sheriff's Office said that 27-year-old Cole Joseph Danisman became angry with the mother of his unborn child. He began brutally beating her in a public's parking lot. He punched her in the face repeatedly, according to a report from WFLA. He continued his attack after the victim, who was pregnant with his child at the time, even after she fell to the ground, started stomping on her head and upper body. 
Police say at this point, a witness near the attack believed that it was so brutal in nature that he thought that this that Dannismith was going to kill her. So he acted. He pulled out his firearm on Dannismith, caused him to stop the attack. The woman was it left in large. She she bled. She was bleeding a lot. She had a broken nose, uh, and so they Dannismith didn't deny the attack. He said that he saw red and blacked out. So he's he's dealing. He's brought up on charges. And man, I, I just uh, you guys know I have no patience for that. Chinese hackers. They listen to this. They are linked to the Chinese government, and they hacked and stole millions in coronavirus benefits, according to the Secret Service. The theft of these unemployment funds is the first pandemic fraud tied to foreign state-sponsored cyber criminals that the U.S. government has acknowledged publicly. Oh, I know, but let's go ahead and pretend that this doesn't happen over and over again. I'm sure that any nothing of this nature ever came up in the conversation between Joe Biden and Xi Jinping. Now, you may receive... A smaller tax fund, tax refund in 2023. The IRS is warning taxpayers not to rely on receiving their tax funds by a certain date. They said that taxpayers should prepare for smaller refunds in 2023 and that refunds could be smaller because they didn't receive their stimulus payments this year. And as CNBC said, your refund is based on your taxable income, blah, blah, blah. So if you want it faster, you should electro. Oh, my gosh. 87,000 more of these people. 87,000 more. And according to the Associated Press, Russians killed a bunch of SEALs. They did. They apparently massive seal death is due to oxygen deprivation because in the Caspian Sea. Uh, yeah, because of their uh, what they're doing over there. Just crazy. Stay with us. We got a lot more in store. I've talked a lot about the Caltech KSG shotgun over the years, and it's no secret how much I love it. It's become the go to shotgun for law enforcement and home defense and for a really good reason. Uh, but why am I such a huge fan of the Caltech KSG? Well, like everything that Caltech invents, it created an entirely new class of shotgun. And the one that started it all is the KSG shotgun. It's the first 12-gauge pump-action shotgun chambered for 3-inch shells. And with its dual-tube mags, offers a capacity of 12 plus 1. So that's 6 rounds in each tube, plus 1 chambered. If you prefer 2 and 3 quarter inch shells, even better, because the KSG holds 7 plus 7 plus 1. That's 15 shells. You cannot ignore the downward shell ejection either. It makes the KSG truly ambidextrous and ejects shells away from your face. It's brilliant design. See the Keltec KSG up close and personal at KeltecWeapons.com. That's K-E-L-T-E-C Weapons.com. Again, to find out more, visit KeltecWeapons.com. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. I guess with Musk is to prove that, hey, I'm the right kind of Republican, meaning I'm a Trump Republican. I'm a, uh, you know, election denying Republican. I, I don't know what kind of Republican he is. I mean, probably next year he'll be an independent or a Democrat, depending on how the wind blows. Um, but the re- but the reality of it is uh, putting those things back on the platform uh, it juxtaposition with the argument that he's all about free speech um, really undermines the central some of the central tenets of free speech is that it is it is about yes the freedom of you to say things but not at the harm or expense of someone else. Oh, I'd take it everything I have not to play digital underground right now. I just literally went to just my music and I just pulled up some tracks. Do what you like. You know, I mean, here's your chance do the hump <laughs> welcome back to the program dana lash it's monday it's monday i don't care nobody cares it's monday monday is like monday is the uh 
everybody hates Monday because the week resets and it's weird. And that's when all the dumbest hot takes drop. I don't know if y'all notice this. We've noticed it because we gather it. So that's Michael Steele, who was somehow at one point, this was pre-Tea Party. He was head of uh, RNC. And I don't think he was very good. And he's, he's not really a Republican anymore. No, he's not. What am, I, what am I saying? He's not a Republican anymore. But he's one of those guys who juices the, that Republican identification like a dry teat just so he can get on MSNBC and get on CNN because nobody would care otherwise. Oh, you're just another Democrat. You're another liberal. You like that analogy, didn't you? It's exactly what it is. All these people up here, these dry, withered teats, they're just trying to get everything they can out of that Republican affiliation so they can get up there, get that in their lower third. Which makes it more funny that he was trying to accuse Elon Musk of, oh, whatever the wind blows, he may be a Democrat next. It's like He's not a Republican. He's literally telling us the Michael Steele story. Yeah, and he's not, that's the thing, he's not a Republican. Either. Musk is not a conservative. He's not a Republican. I mean, he's just he he's making some decisions that we agree with as it relates to Twitter. But Michael Steele. I listened to that and I I had to stop it and then I had to go back because my eyes glazed over and I wasn't really paying attention because it was just bad analysis. It's so bad. Going on MS. Well, it's because, you know, it's actually it's these bees. It undermines the essential tenets of free speech to be for free speech. That's what he's saying here. He's a clown. Absolute clown. So that was, I don't even know what show that was on. On MSNBC? I don't even know who these people are on this clown show anymore. It's its indistinguishable from Russia Today. That's kind of it. I, I mean, there's nothing else. <sighs> so, over, we were talking a little bit here. Uh, over the this this weekend, the Twitter files that dropped down, and it I think it's telling that Musk didn't take it to I guess what is perceived as being considered traditional press. It was released on Twitter in a Twitter thread by Matt Taibbi. And the fact that Matt, Matt Taibbi is not a conservative either. And as I said last hour, he and I, it, it, the video is still up there. He was calling all these conservatives racist and I shredded him on Anderson Cooper. And that we did not get along. But over the past decade, as a big chunk of the left has drifted further and further into complete statism, there are a lot of just disillusioned people on the left who discovered that they were maybe perhaps a little bit more classically liberal than they were progressive. And I think Taibbi is one of those people. Now, he's not come out and said, it. I mean, you can just tell by his reporting. And he's always been wittery of surveillance state. That's something that we share in common when it concerns the Patriot Act, for instance. I've hated the Patriot Act. I've been kind of viewed suspiciously by a lot of big capital letter R Republicans as a result of it. But one of the reasons we have all these problems right now is because of what that all allowed. So that's I mean, that's where I think that there's some common ground there. And it does absolutely cross over to this issue with Twitter acting as an agent of state. And I just it is really unbelievable when you look at all of the material that's out there. And I have so much from you know the things that we have learned from this that it was routine for instance the biden campaign reaching out to to twitter and and saying hey can you take this stuff down 
And can you delete these tweets? Can you suppress this account? Can you ban this account? Uh, Etc. It was absolutely routine. Now, the weird thing is that it was also discovered that both parties did have a direct line to Twitter. However, because the political affiliation and political donations of the content moderators skewed super heavily left by like a, a ratio of or by percentage of like 99 that the requests and interactions from and with Democrats were, I mean, that was pretty much all the interactions. It was so much more prevalent. And they knew, Twitter knew that these requests that were coming in, that particularly the New York Post story, they knew that the rationale, they knew that the argument that the Democrats were giving them as the reason to, to, to censor the New York Post story, they knew that it was bunk. They knew that it was not a hack materials thing. They knew that this was all, it, that, that it was actually a legitimate news story. But they decided that they wanted to remain power adjacent. And so they concluded that they were going to censor instead of err on the side of free speech. And that individual I was telling you about in the segment before we got into headlines, Jim Baker, the former official at DOJ who served as general counsel for FBI, who was there with the FISA abuse and all of that. He was the deputy general counsel for Twitter at the time this decision was made. And he supported it via the emails, via all of this stuff that came out in this in this Twitter in the Twitter files. There was only one Democrat, Ro Khanna of California, uh, Representative Khanna, who actually reached out and said he was a little concerned. He was concerned that what Twitter was doing was censoring at the request of the government this New York Post story. And he was talking with uh, Vijaya Gaddy, who was the head of legal policy and trust at Twitter. And the conversation between them, I mean, Ro Khanna was, was saying, look, this, this, this is censorship. But Gaddy was pushing back on this. And the other thing that's weird, and I don't know if this is to give him plausible deniability or what, is that Jack Dorsey, I guess he was in his yurt token it up because he was completely MIA in all of this. He had no idea what his subordinates were doing, apparently. At least if you go by the information that, from, that was given here, he had no clue what was happening. They were all just running crazy. It was a mutiny under him. And he was pretty, he was pretty much absent from any of the decisions that were made about suppressing that story. And... There, one of the things Taibbi noted is that there were a ton of different instances of Dorsey intervening to question why is this per, why is this account being suspended, why is this being moderated, why is this happening to these accounts that are in this side of the political spectrum. There was a lot. I mean, that it's it's this was not done completely by Twitter's own discretion. This was done because Democrats in government demanded to have more online censorship. They believe that that was, well, they said in one of the emails, the First Amendment is an absolute. That's a pretty terrifying thing. I mean, they had these these I mean, this is just it's just insane. The discussions.
I was reading these emails. Connor was trying to, he kept bringing up the First Amendment, bringing up the First Amendment. He was saying this seems like, he literally wrote, quote, uh, this seems like a violation of the First Amendment principles. He added, quote, if there is a hack of classified information or other information that could expose a serious war crime and the New York Times was to publish it, I think the New York Times should have that right. A journalist, he added, should not be held accountable for the illegal actions of the source unless they actively hated, aided the hack. So to restrict the distribution of that material, especially regarding a presidential candidate, seems not in the keeping of principles of New York Times versus Sullivan. And Nakana adds, I say this as a total Biden partisan, convinced that he didn't do anything wrong. But the story now has become more about censorship than the relatively innocuous emails. And it's become a bigger deal than it would have been. And he said, it is also now leading to serious efforts to curtail Section 230 many of which would have been a mistake. Democrat Ro Khanna is a thousand percent right. And he sadly was the only one in this entire discussion, all of these Democrats, he was the only one to push back. He was the only one who showed any kind of concern. That's terrifying. And you had Democrats saying, oh, well, the First Amendment is an absolute. And it was weird because Vijay Gaddy acted as though the concern about any First Amendment was irrelevant. It's entirely irrelevant. First Amendment isn't absolute. Man. And the crazy thing is, is even after Jack Dorsey had to get involved, did you re- do you remember how long it took to unsuspend people who had been suspended? I mean, I still basically have like a penalty on me you know, the little bird watch thing, I, I couldn't do that because I had been wrongly suspended. So all the people who were wrongly suspended of this, I guess there's like a Twitter file somewhere and it, you have a mark against you. It's like a, the social credit score with China. Just unbelievable. And the way the media spun this, they tried to act like, oh, well, this is, it didn't come through the regular mainstream media channels. So it's, it's irrelevant. That's the press trying to desperately one last attempt to control the narrative. It is so pathetic. Do you remember what they were all saying about all of this? I, I went back and I found some tweets. I remember the Rolling Stone, Rolling Stone magazine. They were acting as though this wasn't a big deal. This is a nothing. Remember, NPR said that it was it was not it was like a basically a local story. Rolling Stone said on October 21st, 2020, quote, vile, baseless conspiracy theories are spreading about Hunter Biden. And despite pledges to to curb misinformation in the lead up to the election, social media sites aren't stopping them. Are they? I asked them, I said, are are you all still feeling good about this tweet? I'm curious. You had Mehdi Hassan 
who's some guy I'd never heard of, who's host a show I've never heard of on MSNBC, a network I never watch, had said on December 3rd, quote, Elon Musk, who never seems to do any TV interviews. This is just uh, two days ago. He says, Elon Musk, who never seems to do any TV interviews with actual journalists asking tough questions, is doing a glitched, glitchy Twitter spaces conversation uh, with some fans right now. I tuned in and listened to them discussing whether Musk is going to get assassinated and then t- tuned out. He goes, Musk hasn't done a single major sit-down TV interview since buying Twitter. My whole point was, why in the ever-loving hell would he sit down with any of you activists who grift as journalists after all of this? You people are clowns. You're the the reason why we're in this situation to begin with. Why would, I hope he never sits down with any of you clowns. Golly. I mean, just, just this crazy. And then people were attacking Taibbi saying that he's turned into a PR hand for the world's richest man. Uh, they, I mean, just, golly. But this is, these are the new rules. They, they said, oh, he's having a disgraceful downfall. Because he told on you people? Because he published the files that you guys desperately tried to hide? Because the conversations that you guys were having in secret were, were brought into light? You disgraceful snakes. We have more to come including the Georgia runoff, which takes place tomorrow. Trust in the media craters, craters, and there's massive layoffs. You know, CNN got rid of all of their contributors. I want to see that institution dissolve. I want to see, there's no such thing as a free press. There's just people who are, who are uh, competent enough and more interested in telling the story than they are them glorifying themselves. That's all it is. We're going to talk about this. We have some wokery coming up. Include the, this headline about this ride, Splash Mountain. Golly, it's being re-band, rebranded because apparently it's racist. Every, everything's stupid. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise, and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart cherry gummies come with a one 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com Dana for up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies. Buytartcherry.com Dana. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. You can find us on YouTube and Facebook. Like and subscribe as well. And sign up for Chapter and Verse over at Substack. Now, we got Jim Jordan coming up in the bottom of next hour. He's met with Tim Cook. And we're going to talk with him a little bit about some of the Twitter file stuff. This is uh, Today in Wokery. One of the Wokery headlines. A Colorado Christian graphic artist who declined to design websites for same-sex weddings now has the case heard in Supreme Court. Lori Smith says that ruling against her would force everyone from painters to photographers to writers and musicians to engage in expression against their own beliefs 
they wouldn't even have control of their expression. That's I agree with that. That's amazing that the the belief promoted by the left that the entrance into commerce means a forfeiture of your your rights, which is that's it shouldn't be. It's it's ridiculous to even entertain the idea, but this is what we're dealing with. Her business called 303 Creative in Colorado. She says that that this is it's going to force people, artists, to engage in expression against their faith. And she's just one example. There was the a t-shirt pl- a shop in Kentucky, uh, Baronel Stutzman, her Arnell's Flowers in, uh, I want to say it was in Seattle. There's so many, they, they were never going to stop with just Jack's, Jack Phillips. This is always going to continue. And so this, apparently it's coming up before the Supreme Court. They've heard it, heard some arguments. Because they said that using, re- using religion in this way is an excuse to discriminate against people of faith. And she's not wrong. She said that she has a free speech right. She, cannot, she, can't, she can refuse work that conflicts with her views. But the left believes that they own you. We have more to come. Second hour on the way. More from The Dana Show here in just moments. Stick with us. If you want to know what the left's real plan is for your kids, just look at the reaction to the work Patriot Mobile did in multiple school districts in Texas. The left is losing their minds. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider and a force for conservative values. This is because they take a portion of your bill and fund conservative causes and candidates who believe in the sanctity of life, freedom of speech, the Second Amendment, and they're winning. Patriot Mobile has affordable plans for you, your family, even your business. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they use multiple major networks. Plus, you're supporting conservative values with every call. Visit patriotmobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation using offer code Dana. Special discounts are also available for veterans and first responders. Join our movement, make the switch today and a difference tomorrow. Patriotmobile.com slash Dana. That's patriotmobile.com slash Dana, 972-PATRIOT. Herschel Walker, Charlie, is unfit for the job, and it's embarrassing. It seems a little racist and condescending uh, in a million different ways. He is um, unmoored. He seems to have a lot of problems, but just intellectually, he's clearly not even remotely close to being up for the job. Mika Brzezinski judging other people's intelligence is like Michael Moore judging someone else's level of fitness. Welcome back to the program. Second hour of the show. Your lovable curmudgeon Dana Lash here with you to get your week started at least somewhat correctly. That is, of course, some of the buildup towards this runoff. The runoff tomorrow, it's, uh, it's going to be tough. It has, it's going to take a lot of Republicans going out to vote in this this uh, runoff election between Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock. (sighs) And it's going to determine whether or not the Republic or the Democrats have a 50 or 51 majority in the Senate. And as of right now, they have to do some power sharing and having 51 would change that. So I hope people are actually going out and voting in the Georgia runoff elections, because not going out, if you have low Republican turnout, you're just handing the race over. You're just handing the race over. Democrats want everyone to believe that their vote doesn't matter so that 
Republicans stay home. And they hope that if it works that way, then they'll just they'll just go they'll just go ahead and they can go ahead and win. They don't even have to they don't even have to try to rig anything. They can just they can take it just by convincing everybody to stay home. That's what they did when the the last special election in Georgia. Democrats convinced everyone from Lynn Wood to, you know, there were some Republicans didn't help. I'll tell you that. But they convinced everybody to stay home. Uh, and so there was a really low turnout and Democrats ended up taking that race. And that's how you ended up getting Warnock in the first place. Welcome. Like I said, back to the show. So this uh, Georgia race, I was looking for some that I don't it's going to be tight, but I think I, I don't know. It all again, it all comes out on turnout. Nobody knows to uh, you know, at the end of it all. Nobody knows until polls close. It's going to be that that close nobody knows nobody has any idea that's how that's how close this is that's how much it depends on people going out and voting man now with some of this i got a couple of things here let's get to some of this we've been talking about the twitter files and so much more we have Jim Jordan who's going to be joining us later on. He met with Tim Cook last week. And we're going to discuss all of that. One of the other things that I've seen has been, I'm going to pull this up. While all of this is happening with Twitter, Democrats and others are trying very, very hard to launch some, pe- to launch some uh, hit pieces at Ron DeSantis. So the latest attack on DeSantis is that he is not a fun guy. I, you know, honestly, even if that were true, I would take he's not a fun guy over, you know, he's, he's got a, he's got cheese for brains and his son basically probably snorts coke off the mirrors in the White House. Who knows? I'm just saying. The New York Times, a New York Times reporter in the Atlantic wrote, quote, DeSantis is not a fun dude. He prefers to keep his earbuds in. They're trying to say that he's like snotty and not fun. And there are some Republicans who are so against competition for voters because I think that's how voters get a good choice. I love comp. I think I want to be wooed by my candidates. You know, I want my candidates to woo me. I want them to roll out the red carpet. That's how it should be. I don't get. Can I just sidebar here? I don't get this idea where voters, particularly Republicans, feel like they got to turn over and ask us. When did this happen? Like we fought a war not to do this, guys. You know this, right? We fought a war not to kiss no rings, right? I mean, have some people forgotten that part of their conservative DNA? Have you forgotten that part of your, your, that spirit of liberty within you? I mean, it's a legit question because I want to be wooed. I want everyone to be, to face competition all the time. If you're running for office, you need to woo the voters. It is what have you done for us lately, right? Just get on full, full on Jody Watley with it. What have you done for us lately? Woo us. So there's this piece in the Atlantic written by a New York Times reporter saying, oh, he was standoffish. They have a couple of uh, rhinos that are trying to uh, that they got to to give quotes for this basically because i guess he doesn't rub shoulders at cocktail parties and get in with like the k street and some of the establishment stuff that he's not a fun guy they said that uh one of the they one of the quotes was it's the question that comes up in politics would you want to have a beer with them <laughs> well would you want to have a cigar with bill clinton yeah, 
If you brought the cigars. Yeah, don't take one from him. I never know where it's been. So the piece that was here, this is just so good. This is what they do. This is what the media does every single time they try to. Remember when they went, Marco Rubio. Now I've watched him. I watched him cave on stage at the Parkland Town Hall. Marco Rubio is a Republican. I don't think he has a particularly strong backbone. I haven't thought that for some time. But remember when they freaked out because he took a sip of water on live TV and they tried to make it like Marco Rubio is unfit for office because he had to take a drink of water. He had dry mouth on TV. I, it, it's, this is their MO. So basically they have nothing. They just, they don't like his, they think he's what, snotty to them? I would be snotty to them too. There's no, there's no rule that says you got to be completely warm and, and friendly and inviting to everyone, including those people you dislike, especially in politics. They said that he apparently wore headphones when he was in college to avoid talking to establishment or no, while he was in the house to avoid talking to establishment Republican colleagues. That is a complete way to absolutely get my, um, my support. That is a total way to get my support. Completely. Good heavens. People we want to have a beer with. So that's the, that's the worst that they have on him. That's so stupid. Meanwhile, as the media focuses on this, have you heard a lot about this power outage in North Carolina? There was like one piece on it about at CNN. And that was pretty much it. They have no suspects, really, no motive. But there has been... Uh, they said that these substations in Moore County, North Carolina, the North Carolina, the uh, FBI's enjoined these investigations. They said they were attacked by gunfire. It was reported Sunday morning several power substations in Moore County, North Carolina, were attacked Saturday night. Forty thousand people lost power, and it shut down the county. And when the infrastructure was able to be examined in daylight, they determined the damage was much more extensive than they first thought. They thought that the county's emergency management office believed the power could be out through, through all the way to through Thursday. And so they said that the damage was so extensive, they found that it looked like it had been shot at to disable the equipment. And they had shelters open, etc., for those who needed it. What in the world? They said that in... Uh, and, and, and these transmission substations that they offer, they said in addition to two Duke Energy substations, a transmission substation operated by the Randolph Electric Membership Corporation was also heavily damaged. One of the system planning engineers told a reporter that perpetrators were familiar with how the stations were all connected to one another. Now, their, one of their state senators said the perpetrator will be brought to justice and prosecuted. And people who, were, who don't have business in Moore County over the next few days were asked to stay out since there's no traffic signals operable. Now, they said that other infrastructure, in addition to the electrical power, water, sewage could also be affected. They're going on backup generator power currently, according to their local press. What in the world? Now, it is kind of important to note. And I, Red State was talking about how this county is home to thousands of soldiers stationed at Fort Bragg, home to U.S. Army Special Operations Command, a portion of which are in the county. 
So that's kind of interesting. We've talked about how the grid needs to be secured for some time on this program. Because you take the grid down and there's so many other things affected by it. But that is, I don't know, they have no, they don't have a suspect and they really don't have a motive at this time. It's just, it's weird. I I mean, I don't want to say terrorism, but I, I will say like at a time when everybody's so divided, you could have something like this where, you know, everybody else is fighting over power in D.C. or, every, you know, there's a there's a lot of distractions out there. Interesting, though. It does. I don't know what to think. I mean, it doesn't sound like it's rogue, particularly since the invest since one one of the things that the investigation is the investigators are saying is that it seems as though the perpetrators had knowledge as, as to how all of these substations were connected with one another. That seems to me that's an, that's an important part of this. So I don't know. We're going to watch it, but that's a very troubling story and, and more reason as to why the grid needs to be secured. Incredibly troubling. Now, uh, a few other things. No evidence that media companies have returned a dime, not a single dime of that FTX fund money. Not a dime. Daily Caller had a report they were looking They said in the weeks following the collapse of former crypto billionaire Sam Bankman frieds business empire, there's no evidence, guys, no evidence at all whatsoever of national media companies returning any of the funds he provided them. Because remember, he gave them all kinds of grant money and investments uh, that were all presented as this philanthropic venture. And it included ProPublica, Vox, The Intercept, Semaphore, which is a startup from a bunch of uh, legacy press people. They decided to start one up. Yep. Uh, very interesting. All these grants from his foundation, the, apparently none of them have returned the money. Huh. I mean, it's, it's actually fraud. They won't, re- they won't report actual reporting on the Hunter Biden laptop, but they'll, because, you know, they're worried about hack materials, but they will gladly accept Sam Bankman Freed's money and not give it back completely. So the Daily Caller was reaching out. They said FTX owes creditors over $3 billion. And ProPublica, which is a left leaning institution, they had a grant agreement. They signed this with Bankman Freed. It was all about supporting ongoing investigative work on pandemic preparedness. And they said that when they were asked about this by Daily Caller, they said that they got the first part of their grant in February uh, and the remaining two thirds of the grant are due by April and uh, of next year. And then the following year, they said the grants for 23 and 24 are on hold at this time. So you haven't committed to rejecting them. Is that what you're saying? You're just saying that they're on hold at this. time. It's not legit money. We've established this. It's not legit. You're going to keep it anyway. God. No, that's that's okay. They can keep that money. But heaven forbid they actually do reporting on what matters. Coming up, Jim Jordan is going to join us. He's scheduled to join us at the bottom of the hour. He met with Tim Cook last week. And I'm curious as to what they discussed. And also curious as to what we can expect in terms of how Republicans in the House, how they're going to hold people responsible, not just for this, but also assure Americans that entities are not going to be used further as agents of state to quell our speech. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood?
When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise, and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart cherry gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com slash Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com slash Dana for up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies. Buytartcherry.com slash Dana. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. Man, you can actually say coming in hot with us. Mauna Loa's lava, this is the big volcano out in Hawaii, is oozing within two and a half miles of traffic on the big island. It's going 40 feet per hour. I mean, yeah, you can outrun it, but it's still crazy to watch. It still makes me want to sprint away, and then I'd have to walk back so I could still see it. Uh, But they said that people are bracing for major upheaval because if it slides across a key road, it'll block the quickest route that connects both sides of the island. And so they said that it could, the molten rock could make the road impassable and force drivers to find alternate coastal routes, routes in the north and south. So that's... Uh, The U.S. altered a rocket launcher to keep Ukraine from firing missiles into Russia. This coming from the Wall Street Journal. This is an odd story. They said experts are debating whether long-range missiles for for Ukraine would actually deter Putin or widen it. But apparently they altered it to keep them from firing at Russia to, I guess, to stop them from escalating it. Coming up, Congressman Jim Jordan is scheduled to join us. Stay with Two red states take Secretary Mayorkas to court to challenge his order to relax deportations. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, I'll also be very blunt on how the left is downright evil in constantly trying to sexualize our children. And I'll react to Biden's pathetic response to the protests in China and the non-binary administration official now charged with a felony. Follow the Sarah Carter Show wherever you get your podcasts. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. The targeting and the victimization of the trans community on Twitter is very real, very life-threatening, and extraordinarily serious. Um, We have seen from a number of Twitter accounts, including libs of TikTok notably, that there are orchestrated campaigns that particularly are singling out a group that is already particularly vulnerable within society. And so, yeah, not only is it not funny, but it is dangerous and it does contribute to an environment that makes people unsafe in the world. So this was, what is it, Yoel Roth, their former head of quote-unquote safety, speaking of the Babylon Bee, which is a satirical site, and, and libs of TikTok, which literally all that account does is repost things that progressives themselves choose to voluntarily post publicly, saying that they're dangerous because they, they bring more eyeballs to it. This whole Twitter file thing, this after the whole Apple story from the previous week, this has been a crazy time for tech. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here. You can watch the simulcast of the nationally syndicated radio show on the first YouTube or Facebook. Joining us now... 
Congressman Jim Jordan of the beautiful state of Ohio, who, as I read, met with Apple's Tim Cook last week. So there are all of these stories dovetailed together. So we had the situation with Apple where they were accused of the mail drop stuff in China and then whether or not they were going to drop Twitter from their app store. As it turns out, apparently they patched up their beef. Tell me about this conversation that you had with Tim Cook. What did you ask him? Well, we, we had three concerns. We had the App Store issue, which it looks like, as you said, that uh, Elon Musk and Tim Cook have worked that out. Then, of course, there was the, the issue of them scaling back their advertising on Twitter. Looks like that's been worked out. But what I still have concerns about, obviously, is is the influence that uh, the Chinese Communist Party has on American corporations. I mean, it's whether it's Apple, Nike, uh, whether it's Disney uh, or the, the entire NBA. Um, and, and frankly, we should never forget that, you know, we, we know Dr. Fauci gave us all kinds of information that was not accurate, but the biggest liar of all was when it came to COVID was, was, uh, was, was China. So, uh, still have real concerns there, but I would say Dana, my biggest concern overall is, is government influencing these social media platforms. And, and we, we're learning so much about that now with, with Twitter and what, what Elon Musk released over the weekend. Uh, that to me is a big concern because it's bad enough what they did, but the idea that the FBI was giving them the, them the excuse to go suppress, as an example, the Hunter Biden story is really what's what I think is most problematic. Yeah, we 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 have indi- we have absolutely irrefutable proof now that yep. the this the Twitter was acting as an agent of state. And what gets me too, Congressman, is I you know I was hearing some of the spin on MSNBC and CNN. They were saying that well, you know, Trump wasn't in office when all of this stuff was happening with the New York with some of these things, or or he was in office, and so it's his responsibility because he was president at the time. But that doesn't excuse well, all of these leftists that have been ensconced in these positions for longer than he's even been interested in politics. Don't don't you agree? Well, yeah, it might have been his administration, but it's still the deep state, for goodness sake. I mean, that, that, that to me is one of the, the, the things that made President Trump such a great president. That is in, in spite of everyone in this town being against him, every Democrat, everyone in the mainstream press, half the Republicans and all the bureaucracy. In spite of all that, he got so much done. So, yeah, of course, the bureaucracy was still against him. He had to fight his own bureaucrats in order to get the things done. He told the American people he was going to and they were working against him. And example number one, of course, is what they did when that when when you had 51 former Intel officials issue the letter. Now, remember, these 51 former Clapper, Brennan, and all these guys, they, they probably still maintain their. Yeah, they they probably still maintain their security clearance. Who were they talking in the government when they decided to put this letter together? And then we know the FBI went and talked to social media platforms and say, be on the lookout for Russian disinformation, misinformation. Baloney. That's the Hunter Biden story we knew was true at the time. Now we have proof that they knew as well that they were suppressing this thing. Mm -hmm. Um, That to me is the problem because that was government coercion on private companies, private companies colluding with big tech and big media or excuse me, private uh, companies colluding with big government and big media to keep critical information from we the people just days before the most important election we have, which is election for commander in chief. So th- th- this is this is frightening stuff. And we're committed as, as House Republicans getting to the bottom of every bit of this, exposing everything we can. So because the first step in stopping it is to expose it and get the facts out. Yeah, and we're going to talk more about that. One of the one of the FBI, uh, well, their FBI lawyer, you just referenced this, who who was involved in censoring the story. He was the guy who approved the fraudulent FISA warrant to spy on private people involved with a politi- his opposition's political campaign. We keep yep. getting example after example after example of these these individuals within the FBI actually working against the American people. This Jim, this James Baker, this guy. Yep. I mean, he was he's been everywhere. They're they're they've got their fingers. In all of this 
Jim Baker was chief counsel at the FBI, uh, FBI when they spied on President Trump's campaign. He leaves the FBI, goes to Twitter. He's the guy who says, oh, it's a, it's reasonable to say that this could be a hack and we should we should not let this story get out there. And so so here you have him on both sides of the equation, but doing the same thing, going after uh, going after the Republican candidate, President Trump the Republican candidate for president. Yeah, they said that there were, according to Matt Taibbi's Twitter thread, which I thought was interesting that it was released with Taibbi instead of, you know, like New York Times or something. It's fitting nowadays that, yeah. that both sides had access to apparently work with Twitter executives and suppress, et cetera, whatever accounts. But due to the overwhelming political bias and political affiliation of all of these Twitter individuals, these executives, these operatives, as very far-left Democrats, according to how they voted and how they donated, Republicans really didn't have. I mean, you could say they had access, but whether or not they actually could use said access was an entirely different story. And in, yeah. the, the interesting thing is, Ro Canna, one of your colleagues in the House, was apparently the only Democrat who raised any concern about First Amendment issues. Does that how badly yeah. does that trouble you? The only Democrat in this whole thing. Well, it doesn't surprise me because today's left, they don't that they, they, they want to get rid of the First Amendment. They don't believe in the First Amendment. Today's left says if you don't agree with them, you're not allowed to even talk. And if you try, they're going to call you racist. They're going to call you names. They're going to come after you, your employer. They're going to try to cancel you. And they're, they're just going to attack you. And, or in this situation, they're going to take down what you do say. So uh, that's just who today's left is. Yeah, this idea that both sides could 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 you know make a report. Yeah, you could all make a report, but only one side would, would, would get the report taken seriously and only one side would get any action. And, of course, that was the Democrats' Democrats' position. Yeah. What do you what do you make of uh, some of these some folks who say I think James Woods said that he was going to file suit against the DNC and he was he was talking on, on social media about the potential for a class action lawsuit because it, because of free speech rights. I mean, you you hear a lot of discussion like this. What and you mentioned it just a little bit. And I'm coming back to that now. What are what yeah. can House Republicans do? to make sure that people are not going to be at the mercy of these private entities, which are acting as agents of state for deep state or partisan yeah. left actors. You, you can, well, I think Senator Paul has legislation that says if the government is pressuring and, and working in concert with these private entities, the government person attacking first amendment, free speech rights, the government person can be held. There's some kind of responsibility, some kind of uh, action you can take against the person in government. And then you just got to expose it all. Because if you get the truth out there, I always say this is step number one to stopping it. If there's any type of wrongdoing, of course, the Justice Department has to go after the individuals who did the wrongdoing. But our, our, our duty in the Congress is to expose everything, get the truth, get the facts out there. And once you do that, you hope that that, that, that in and of itself stops it. But that has to be the first step. So we're committed to do that, not just in this, but all the other politics at the DOJ. The way they targeted parents in the school board uh, scandal a year ago, the way they're they're purging members, whistleblowers have told us they're trying to purge FBI members who are conservatives, taking away their security clearance. So we've had a number of whistleblowers, FBI agents come and talk to us. All that as well, all that has to be exposed so that you can end it, end it for hopefully forever. Yeah, no, we're talking with Congressman Jim Jordan, uh, and we got him for a couple of more minutes. We appreciate his time. I want to ask you really quickly about the uh, uh, fight for House Speaker. Kevin McCarthy, I'm told, doesn't have the 20 votes in order to make it happen. There's a lot of discussion that I'm hearing from people in the House about you, potentially. Um, I know that you said that you'd vote for him, but uh, I don't know yeah. if you'd, whether or not you actually officially threw his hat in the ring as a nomination for it. But I wanted to get your thoughts on that. I mean, if, if, if it comes well, to you, would you do it? No, I, I want to be I want to be 
look, I, what I want to do is just hopefully chair the Judiciary Committee and do the very things we were just talking about, stand up for the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, th those two liberties that we enjoy under our Constitution that have been attacked by, t by today's left and get to the bottom of all these, uh, the political nature of the Justice Department, the terrible things happening on our border, and of course what happened with uh, with the Hunter Biden story. So I wanna to get to the bottom of all that and get the facts and the truth out to the American people. Kevin has done a better job of any leader I've ever seen around this town in keeping our team together. I think, uh, as I've said many times, the guy who gets you to the Super Bowl gets to coach the game. And that, that that's just what I believe. He's worked hard for us to get there. And I'm hopeful that he's going to be the speaker. We got some some work to do over the next month uh, as a, as a conference and coming together. But I think we can get that done. We're going to be watching to see what happens, particularly with the Judiciary Committee, because a lot of the action on the social media stuff is going to come through that. Congressman Jim Jordan, always good to talk with you. I'd love to have you back. You Thanks so much. All right. Mm -hmm. Thanks, David. Take, Take care. care. And uh, that's uh, that, and that's incredibly important too. What the, the legislation that he was talking about uh, for coming up from Rand Paul, because what are people's I mean, obviously, if you're going to if you're going to go to court, you would have to prove damages. And I think some people can just think about this for a, for a moment. If you were suspended by Twitter for a certain accusation, whether or not the accusation was accurate, that because of Twitter being Twitter, it was viewed as being legitimate, was it not? And so as a result, that was that not would that not be damaging to someone's reputation? I mean, these are all things to think about with this. Um, very, very interesting. Indeed. It was also interesting with him on speaker because there's a lot of stuff happening in, in, in back channel on who's going to be speaker of the house. Although I do think that Kevin McCarthy is, he's really, I think, giving a lot of attention to these con the concerns that voters have, not just, <clears throat> excuse me, on social media, but also as it relates to energy policy, which is one of the first things that Republicans need to target here. We have Florida man on the way, and we're going to get to that as well. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. Now, I have heard of shop with a cop before, but I never heard of steal with a cop. Never heard of that. A Florida man, though, I guess he misunderstood what the purpose of the shop with a cop event was, according to WTTV. The police department, a Sella County Sheriff's Office said, quote, seriously, we can't make this up. A Florida man was found himself in handcuffs because he was at literally the shop with a cop event and he was trying to also simultaneously steal items from the Walmart. He decided they were doing the shop. It was for the children of the uh, in their community, Walmart and St. Cloud. They said the store was full of four of deputies, like 40 deputies. They had a forensics team. Everybody was there. They, it, they were shopping with kids for the holidays. And this guy who has been identified as Brad, uh, he was shown on their Facebook page with his hands cuffed behind his back, his pockets inside out. And apparently uh, he had a plastic baggie containing unknown contents, but he got caught there trying to steal. What makes you continue to go with your plan when there's 40 cops in the store? I mean, first off, you shouldn't steal in the first place, but there's 40 cops in the store. And that, in addition to the forensics and all the other people that they got there for their event. So he's in trouble. Is there a charge, extra charge for stupidity? Because that's... <sighs> so some of the things that we've learned in the years talking about Florida Man is that you can't run from the cops. You can't swim away from them. You can't hide from them. And you definitely shouldn't be climbing trees away from them. 
But this one Florida man in Hernando County, he apparently doesn't understand that. Never learned that lesson. He was arrested with a meth pipe. He tried to climb a tree to escape the law. He had a bicycle chase. I repeat, a bicycle chase. So they very slowly followed him as he tried to pedal away furiously. 10.45 p.m. on a Thursday, Navy Drive in, Twin, uh, in Brooksville. He, uh, a deputy tried to stop him. He gave a fake name and tried to pedal away. So they had canine and aviation. Uh, they, call, they were called in. His name is Michael Bodor. Bodor? B-O-D-O-R? Bodor? Okay. <laughs> Sounds like Hodor, but all right. Uh, and they spotted him. He had climbed up a tree and had a glass pipe with meth in it. And they finally got him. He was charged with fleeing to elude. Providing false information, possession of drug paraphernalia, resisting without violence. But they easily saw him from the air. I mean, you just, this, why do people still do this? I'm going to hide in a tree. They're never going to find me. I mean, this, good grief. Uh, also, a couple of other, some of these other ones here. A man was forced to remove decorative cranes after an anonymous Florida man complaint. This is a villager, not Minecraft, but the villages. I watched it. Oh, Place. Yeah, John Davis Farron and his wife moved to the villages of St. James in 2020. They had two nice, very nice looking cranes in their front planter. The birds were placed there by the previous owner had been there for years. Then they had a knock on the door from Community Standards. That sounds hysterical. An anonymous, anonymous complaint was received. They begrudgingly removed them. Uh, but they said that they're trying to. They're, so basically, they're having a villager fight. It's a villager fight. That place sounds, there's a, have you seen the documentary? There's a couple of different ones. I watched one recently on it and it is wild. It is absolutely wild. So they're having a big fight in the villages against their, with their, with their uh, cranes, I should say. Um, golly, I can't read this one. Can't read that one. Uh, can't read this one. Uh, oh, I can probably read this one. Uh, so this, um, Florida man was charged for burnouts and donuts. <laughs> he got a charge because he rammed a deputy's SUV. He was going 76 miles per hour over the limit. What's the limit? Like 15? Good grief. Palm Beach Gardens, team of sheriff's deputies. They were looking at illegal uh, operation about illegal street racing. And one of the cars almost hit one of the officers that rammed his SUV. So the authorities followed them. Uh, they were on A1A, Beachfront Avenue. No, that's just Vanilla Island. But they were they were actually on A1A. So they said that there were a hundred vehicles that were at this parking lot business, and uh, the one guy who did ram the SUV, they watched him as he did a burnout and multiple donuts, and so he was arrested. Uh, Dylan Koss is his name. He was charged with ten criminal counts, aggravated assault in law enforcement. Racing for the purpose of making a speed record. That's a whole charge by itself. Hey. What if it was just like racing? No, but if it's the purpose for speed record, that's different. Right. Uh, burnouts and donuts. Are those illegal there? Donuts? Like what if like if you're in a parking lot and it's empty and you're like, you know what? This parking lot needs a donut, right? right. Yeah, that's illegal. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, he's in trouble. He's He got put in the pokey. We have uh, a lot more coming up, including Vladimir Putin putting the Putin in Putin. I'll explain. Stay with us. 
As an educator, I am constantly worried if I am part of the problem. What do I mean by that? Well, public education is an institution that upholds lots of problematic systems in our society, like white supremacy and misogyny and colonization, etc. In my role as an educator, I try to undermine that BS in my classroom as much as I possibly can. I teach high school English and whoo, the white supremacy runs deep. What do I mean by that? Well, let's look at how we write essays. Start with an introduction that includes a thesis. Always cite your sources. Use transition words like however and therefore. These are all made up rules. They're arbitrary. They were created by Done. Westerners in power. In linguistic justice, April Baker Bell calls this the language of respectability or the language of power. Which got me so thinking. What you mean other countries don't have grammar rules for theirs? This English teacher sucks, man. So wait, can we just do whatever? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I, what can we, can we just, I, I need a moment here. Welcome back to the program. It's Wokery. Dana Lash here with you. These people really are why I think um, the sperm count has lowered. Because it's scared, like, broads like this scare men into their bodies are just going, nope. I don't know. So, so grammar rules and writing rules are based on white supremacy. Really? Uh, and this is just because you think so? Or... I am so done with the wokery. Where's Smod? I but wait, there's more. So Kane and I were talking about this over break. Can someone please, for the love, explain to me why checks notes Splash Mountain? Uh, that would be Splash Mountain. Why that is considered racist? Why is that? I just feel like we need to just have blanks now. Why is this considered this? And I say this because I'm looking at this story. It says Splash Mountain is being rebranded due to racism controversy. They said that there's no, I don't know if I've ever been on that ride. Hang on. Let me look. What the hell is it? Don't it, you just get splashed, right? Yeah, I think it's like the love They said it has to do with racial stereotypes. Splash Mountain. And they said it is based on the movie Song of the South. I didn't know that. I thought it was where you go. You don't you basically ride on a log and get splashed. Is that not the whole point of the Splash Mountain? I mean, let's just look at it very clinically here, ladies and gentlemen. I've never been to the. I've never ridden. I've been. I don't even know if I. it, It looks like you're in a fake hollow it looks just like the log flume at six flags you ride in a fake log on water and you get splashed yeah that's it so it was the story of brer rabbit and brer fox so it's a ride yeah so they're thinking that essentially that because the riders experience brer rabbits fall into the briar patch because that's what it you're falling for i know i know but this is their explanation. So apparently, because I'm hitting my head on the mic because it's tied. This is so dumb. <laughs> don't hurt yourself because it's tied to that song of the South. I don't even know what that is. They well, they. I mean, I think I've heard of it, but I don't. Is it an actual song? Yeah, it was. I don't know. It opened in. This what? is a ride. You're on a fake log. 1989 and it's not even like a scary ride i was i was looking at pictures of it that's not even a steep thing that you go down 
Golly. It's I mean trying to read the article. It said that so the concept it? of the thing was based on the zip adi- this is so stupid. Zip-a-dee-da. I want to jump off my roof and break my legs off to nubbins. Zippity A. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Zippity doo does. Oh, scenes from Song of the South. It was a movie. I don't ever saw that. If it has if it by the way, Song of the South, that sounds like a musical. I hate musicals, so I don't watch them. When I watched Meet Me in St. Louis for the first time, I literally fast forwarded through all of the musical parts because I don't care. I hate it. No one all of a sudden just sings like that where everybody knows the parts and they all know. I don't believe it. It's it's too much for me. The only one I will never, ever fast forward through is West Side Story because it's the, I listened to Sound of Music, too, but I, only because I was forced to in seventh grade. Um, so I didn't watch this because if it, it sounds like a musical and I'm opposed to those. So it, it's based on this river run thingy. And because it was based on that. That means the whole thing is racist. Is that. Do I understand this correctly? So because they're like, oh, this thing in this musical, is it a musical? Don't tell me. Don't tell me. No, I didn't. I didn't watch this. I did not watch this movie or whatever the hell it is before talking about it because it looks like a musical and I hate them with the burning passion of a thousand sons because all the the songs are so there's not a cool song in a musical. Maybe like save for one. The West Side Story one that because it was it was cool and they it was a I like the beat of it that was it anyway long story short so this apparently blah 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 was all that I don't care so I don't care what it, I don't care what it was about they had a river th- run from the movie and they decided to make it the ride and it was and people were upset over it yes. who gets upset over this. So they they said they're going to call. I don't care what they call it. I mean, somebody's going to get mad at this one. They're they're going to call it. Now it's going to be renamed Tiana's Bayou Adventure. Okay, well, people at some point in the future, I guarantee you, mark me, they're going to get mad because it's like it's about animal abuse or something. I don't know. They're going to get mad. Somebody's going to get mad. Because everybody get is that is that what we do now? We just go ahead. Well, we can't have anyone getting mad. Let's just have it a boring, boring old log ride. Hi guys, come to the log ride, get splashed thing. Let's just be very basic with all our names. I don't care. I just think it's ridiculous that people are that obsessed with a ride. You're in a fake log. And it's not even a real river. This is so stupid. You know why aliens don't visit us? Because they watch us getting mad over theme park rides. And they're like, why would we want to talk to these people? Whatever they have that is reducing their brains to cheese could be catching. So we're going to lock our doors and zip on past Earth. That's what's. That's why we've never seen aliens. That's why. I guarantee it. What, why, is your, why is your jaw to the floor? Why? Because I was continuing. <laughs> I'm going to strangle read, myself with this cord. <laughs> to read the article. And okay, so okay, apparently, hit me. quote, hit me. it gives the impression of depicting slavery as a utopia where black slaves and white plantation owners lived in harmony, which meant the black slaves happily accepted their servitude to white people. So, this is why Splash Mountain is racist. <laughs> I, um, I hope the whole ride goes away. Just take away theme parks. Actually, that's what they're doing. No, take away all the theme parks. No theme parks for anyone. 
that's a little harsh. No, 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 no. Take it all away. You guys want, let's live in a very boring world and we're just going to no, call things. I don't want that. Very basic names. I don't want a boring world. Don't even use the word donut anymore. Just say round puff, round puff dough. It's dough that's rounded and puffed. Just just because just you never know, right? Let's just be very basic. Very 1984-ish about everything. I literally did not even know. I don't even care that they call it Bayou Adventure. There better be a damn alligator playing a trumpet. That's all I know. If there's not an alligator playing a trumpet in this, then you all can go to Hades because that is not in keeping, and it's animal abuse, so then I'll get mad about it if, if it is there. I just, this is so stupid. I hate everything. Oh, that's not the only wokery I have for you. I, do people all honestly know that? Do you wait? Can just real quick before I go get going? Do you honestly think that people are like, I hear I'm at Disney. I'm going to have so much fun. Oh my gosh, this ride. <gasps> Did you know this ride was based on the Briar Rabbit tale of blah, 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 blah. Did you know this? I am so I'm so hurt. No one does this. No one. What? Why are you? It's true. I am just, I hate everything. This is why I don't like to leave my house. You basically have to lure me out like E.T. with Reese's Pieces because I hate everyone. I don't want to, I do, not you guys, but everyone who's not you. I don't like them. And I don't like theme parks either because you know they don't clean these seats and they're nasty. And I just don't, I don't, I don't like theme parks. Sidebar, 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 double sidebar. For the same reason that I hate a lot of sports except for baseball. Do you know why? Because I feel like it's an opiate. I feel like it is a way we all like construct this whole thing where we pretend to cheer for a certain team and we have anything invested in it other than maybe geography or, or appreciation of the sport. I'm very, my husband doesn't understand me. He just shakes his head and rolls his eyes whenever I say this. I don't get it. I hate all theme parks and all this now. Anyway, so let's move on and see how other, way, other ways people are ruining all of our lives. Oh, this one is funny, though. Vladimir Putin fell on the stairs and crapped his pants. Whoa. Yep, that happened. Ooh. Putting the Putin Putin, everybody. So apparently he fell down the stairs at his home and uh, filled his britches. He fell five steps, landed on his tailbone, and it caused him to involuntarily defecate. <laughs> Pretend that that's not funny for the sake of manners. This is, I don't care. He's a commie. Oh. Hmm. Is that not the most appropriate avatar for communism that you've ever heard? Falls, falls downstairs and fills pants. Yeah, involuntarily defecates. That's, that's communism. Communism is just involuntary defecation, is it not? Yeah. So it was at his official Moscow house. Wait, am I, are you, are someone out there is trying to shame me. I can feel it. Really? You're trying to make me feel bad for laughing hysterically at this hysterically funny thing? Really? Because I'm supposed to feel bad? He's a communist. I don't, I will laugh at commies falling down the stairs and involuntar, involuntarily defecating. It's hysterical. Part of me is 15 years old. I just, it is what it is. So according to the report, uh, it happened, uh, it was a telegram channel. That said this uh, apparently whoever gave this has links to his security team so somebody somebody's exactly. somebody's snitching very interesting they said he's got all kinds of health issues clearly as you can see it he's got all kinds of health issues and 
uh, the incident, they say it's his failing health. He's seriously ill. Uh, obviously, the ongoing failure in Ukraine is not helping with any of this. And so they apparently he's got. Um, uh, they've never denied. So this is what's interesting. In 2014, uh, Putin's spokesperson was ridiculing U.S. media reports that said he was suffering from cancer. Apparently he has, I guess what, uh, he's got stomach and bowel cancer. At least that's what this Telegram channel is saying. And the spokesperson just said that the journalists should, quote, shut their trap. That was a direct quote, but didn't actually deny it. It's kind of interesting. Didn't deny it. Just said that the reporter who was asking the question should shut their trap. Karma is mysterious. Yes, that is uh, that is very true. I'm not going to feel bad. Don't if someone sends me an email about this, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to print it out. I'm going to go to the range. I'm going to affix it to where the targets are usually affixed. I'm going to take it about 15 to 20 yards out, and I'm going to fill it with holes. That's what I'm going to do. And then I'm going to post it on Instagram. So don't. Because it's funny, and I laugh at commies. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. This is a very good boy. A Georgia sheepdog fought off and killed eight coyotes after a pack attacked his sheep. The organ- an organization raised more than $15,000 to pay the sweet sheepdog's bill. Uh, this uh, His name's Casper the Sheepdog. He works on a Georgia farm. He fought off a half dozen coyotes in a fight that lasted uh, over half an hour, according to WAGA-TV. Casper disappeared for two days after the brutal fight. They said that they knew he was hurt because they found parts of his tail and other things, so they said they were really worried. He returned to the farm with visible injuries, uh, and they immediately... I mean, they said he, he was pretty bad. The Lifeline Animal Project... Uh, they stepped in to raise money for Casper's hospital bills, and uh, they're going to use the remaining funds because it covered it, exceeded the goal to save other animals' lives. So that was really cool. That that and that's a good boy right there. That sheepdog, my gosh! They also need to get a donkey. Get some donkeys out there, and they kick them. They kick coyotes. Uh, Bob McGrath, remember Bob from Sesame Street? He passed away. Bob McGrath passed away at age 90. 90 years old. Remember Bob? Yeah, 90 years old. Didn't seem that way. Yeah. Uh, in Qatar, they're having a camel pageant. What? Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know, but the way that they write about them, it's very interesting. They say that she batted her eyelashes and flashed a toothy smile for the cameras. It's a camel. Uh, so, it's like the Westminster Dog Show, but for camels in Qatar. It's the Qatar Camel Mazayan Club. And they bring cultural awareness to World Cup visitors. It's Ministry of Sports and Youth. And this one camel apparently got the first place. I don't know what makes a good-looking camel. What makes a good... I don't know what to look for, but apparently that camel was the prettiest and there there was a first-place winner. Uh, Let's see. Oh, that one... uh, What's his face? The little uh, Nick Fuentes guy apparently got into a food fight. It's fitting of like a 15-year-old and a 20-something-year-old's body. And uh, an Ohio couple, a couple saw packages discarded on the side of the road from FedEx. So they delivered all the packages themselves in Cleveland Cliffs. That's pretty cool. Stay with us. More to come. Shooting down woke culture one crazy headline at a time. It's the Dana Show. Make sure you sign up for the newsletter over at Substack. Chapter and verse is the title. And you can also find us on uh, Facebook and uh, YouTube, all that good stuff. Like and subscribe. I saw this. Uh, I sorry. I saw this headline that was. This is very interesting. 
uh, on what is it the the hairy guy the red haired spare Harry I'm not calling him Prince Harry Wales or or Harry Windsor or whatever his name is and uh, the suitcase girl that's his wife Meghan Markle or whatever so they apparently have I guess a I don't know that what they've done in the past couple of years that makes them think that people want to watch a documentary about their lives all they do is apparently complain and I saw this New York Post headline. It says, Prince Harry says there's a war against Meghan. It's a dirty game. She marries a prince and still cosplays as a victim. It's so, so stupid. And apparently loves her title and loves using her title. And I've never seen people more thirsty for fame. And they don't want to work than these two. Good grief. So... It's just with all that's going on in the world and that's what they're focused on. Who are these people? They're not influential. He's he's of no consequence here in the United States and neither is she. And they're living off of his dad's money. So what is their purpose? All they do is complain. That's all these people do. They don't do anything for the for the good of anybody. They take other they take donors money and pretend that their organization is giving it to people. And apparently all they do is read all the stuff that's said about them online. That's what they fill their days with. Who are these completely inconsequential people and this chick who wants to be famous no matter the cost? I, nobody even knew who she was until this happened. She was on like some cut-rate basic cable show in Canada, wasn't it? And she didn't even have like a main role. I don't know. I mean, she's just like a step up from showing people suitcases on a game show. I don't know. I saw that, I, I, that headline. I just... The victimhood industry is alive and well. But you married a prince. How are you a victim? You married a dude who never has to work because he's rich. His dad, he's got daddy money. How are you a victim here? Shut up. Golly. And apparently, it all started, there was this lady that was at one of their state functions over in Britain. And they were having this mixer where they had um, all these different, I guess, Commonwealth nations come in, and there was a woman who was in, um, I guess, African dress, and she had changed her name to be more in keeping, I guess, with her with what she thought was her culture, but she was born, I think, and raised in Britain. And one of the, it was like an 83-year-old woman who used to work with the Queen or something like that of England had asked her where she's from, and she took it as a racist comment. But if you're born and raised in England, are you cosplaying as someone else if you're wearing, you know, cultural dress that's not even your actual own and you've appropriated a name that's not even of your, you know, your, I mean, you're British, then you're British. How is that? I mean, I think that would confuse anyone to the point of where they would go, okay, where are you from? You know what I mean? Like, but if the 83-year-old woman got sacked, I don't know. This whole thing's stupid. It's dumb, dumb, dumb. All right. So a couple of things I want to make sure that we hit. The White House now, Biden had said that they were thinking about, well, not he didn't say this, but the administration was intimating that they may consider repeal, repealing the military vaccine mandate. Now they're not, which you knew that they, it was going to be this the whole time. John Kirby told people today that uh, Biden agrees with Lloyd Austin, the defense secretary, that the mandate should remain in place, you know, to force people to get injections that do absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So John Kirby said that Biden agrees with Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin that the remain to get the injections that don't 
stop the transfer of the virus or the transmission of the virus that they are they're going to remain in place. I can't wait to hear them complain more about how their recruitment is down. Kirby said Biden continues to believe that all Americans, including those in armed forces, should be, quote unquote, vaccinated and boosted for COVID-19. It's not a vaccine, though. So stop saying that you're vaccinated. You you've got an injection, all the especially all the people who blasted those who took ivermectin to treat symptoms. You believe in snake oil if you think that this actually prevents transmission. If you want to get your shot, that's fine. But don't sit here and blow smoke up ever the nation's butt collectively and act like this somehow prevents transmission. It doesn't. It doesn't. According to the CDC, it doesn't. According to the people who actually made the, the shots, it doesn't prevent transmission. All this is, is a sign of your fealty at this point. If you want to get it, get it. But don't lie to us and everybody and yourself. Good heavens. Or if you want to lie to yourself, at least save us from the annoyance and keep us out of it. Good grief. So that's something that I think that McCarthy and the House Republicans want to look at. McCarthy said that this is something Republicans would like. They, they want this to, they want to undo this. They said that uh, because there was a, how this all kicked off was that Adam Smith, a Democrat out of Washington, he's chair of the Armed Services Committee. He mentioned to Politico last week that a rollback of the mandate, the vaccine mandate for the military was possible and a compromise on the NDAA. Uh, and now apparently, and that's the measure that Congress has to pass every year. It's all their spending priorities and policies for Defense Department. And so they were, there could, there was a potential for that to not be included. But now... Uh, It looks like uh, Democrats are Biden and Democrats are back to forcing it. And again, you're don't talk about uh, don't complain about um, recruitment or readiness when you're doing this, when you're mandating the injection of something that doesn't work. It doesn't do what it doesn't do what you, you say it does. I cannot believe that they're still mandating this. The majority of the people, we had this statistic, I think this was published by USA Today two weeks ago, the majority of people who are landing in the hospitals now are those who have been vaccinated. So it's a pandemic of the vaccinated now. But go ahead and tell yourself that you just, you just if you get 11,000 more shots, it's going to work. That Trump quote on Truth Social, let's pull this up. I saw this over the weekend, December 3rd. He tweeted, quote, So with the revelation of massive and widespread fraud and deception and working closely with big tech companies, the DNC and Democrat Party, do you throw the presidential election results of 2020 out and declare the rightful winner? Or do you have a new election? A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Our great founders did not want and would not condone false and fraudulent elections. End quote. And so the media, everyone immediately said that Trump was tossing the Constitution. He wants to toss the Constitution. So let's look at this, this post that he had up on his, his platform. He was asking whether you throw the results out and declare the rightful winner or have a new election. Now, I think Republicans are, I don't know if they're very divided. I'm always like, I am willing, I will, I will accept whatever evidence is brought towards me. I am completely evidence-based. So if you show me evidence that there was an entirely thrown election, then I, I'll believe the evidence. But I have to have the evidence in order to be able to say something like that. And I also take it, you know, I mean, I have, I, I, you know, we have a lot of fun on the show, but I also realize, too, that, you know, I, 
I, I don't do this with any other issue and I'm not about to start doing it with this one. I have to, I go on evidence and I go on what's before me. And I think that there's, uh, there's absolutely voter fraud, but the question that has always come up and that I always see debated, particularly on the right is whether it's widespread enough to affect an entire election because elections are decentralized for a reason. Now he gets into whether or not, you know, if it was um, faulty, he said a massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of rules, regulations and articles. I actually don't know when he said that fraud of, of this type allows for the termination. And he was posing a hypothetical when he's at he's asking a question and then he's because apparently people in the media don't understand basic sentence structure. But I actually don't know if I agree with that if it allows for the termination of all rules and regulations and articles and I bring that up because there there's some discussion by the founders of this in this whole thing and and whether or not you know they believed that certain things should be terminated uh, certain protocols should be terminated based on I think you have to you have to demonstrate the evidence first and I think it's fair to say that you can't you can't go on a hunch this is serious stuff. You can't just you can't go on a on a hunch. Um, I don't know. There's been there's uh, over at Red State there was an examination of looking at election fraud and uh, like for instance in the 1800s and how apparently in the 1800s there was people would kidnap people and get them drunk and have them go vote a certain way and there was some examination of whether or not you know how would you be able to remedy that following the constitution etc the founders i think were more worried about because they knew that there's always going to be election fraud of some sort and the system but you can't i you have to have evidence you have to have enough evidence that there was and i think that all of this presupposes that that demand and that evidence has already been satisfied and in my opinion i don't think it has Remember, back in 2020, we had a lot of split ticket voting, too. There were, in some areas of Texas, people like John Cornyn that got more votes than Donald Trump. I was looking at the hard data on that. John Cornyn is not even liked by a lot of Republicans and definitely not a lot of conservatives in the state of Texas. But what that signaled is that a lot of people were either leaving that top spot blank going back to 2020 or they, they were either leaving it blank or they were just like going for an independent or somebody else. The split ticket voting is incredibly concerning. And that's not indicative of fraud. Because if you're going to defraud something, you're going to vote for the person at the top. You're not just going to only vote for like a couple. of. It just doesn't make any sense. But as far as hit what he was posting on True Social, I don't do I think it was articulate. No. Do I think that he was talking about throwing out the entire Constitution? No. So there, everybody can be unhappy, right? Are you unhappy, Kane? You're unhappy with that analysis. Uh, what? Am I? Are you? I don't know. I don't think he was calling to throw out the Constitution, but I don't no, think that what he said not. was articulate. No, I think what he's doing is essentially trying to articulate the spirit of liberty as it pertained to our founders and the links that they would go to when people would essentially circumvent or take away liberties our founding fathers, but they would require around. evidence, though. They would require evidence, obviously. I mean, you're, you and can't, you can't. He's speaking from a position that he believes he has evidence, and you're right. The next step is to get that evidence out to the public, or else you're never going to have support in your effort. Yeah, and that, I mean, that's just that's all there is to it. 
All there is to it with that. Uh, also, I had one more thing. The, <laughs> well, I had a wokery issue. I was reading this from NBC Los Angeles. They're apparently now, I don't know. They said that uh, they want to replace horse-drawn carriages in New York City with electric carriages. I think if the horses are taken care of, I don't know if I don't have an issue with it, but I've seen situations where horses are not taken care of and I have a major issue with it. Um, I don't, I don't know. Are horse-drawn carriages romantic and considered fun? I mean, you're behind a horse's ass the I whole think, time. Just I think to it let, one, let, let you know. I think at one time it was kind of nostalgic to do if you're, you know, near you watch a them drop area. a deuce in front of you. That does happen. Yeah. A lot. Much, no matter wherever horses yeah. are. Um, it's just the way it goes. Um, I just think that mm, if we, poo. I think taking horses out of what they we pull now, a Putin right in front of you while pulling <laughs> the carriage, Putin's bag. Um, yeah. So I think getting horses off of the streets where I think they like literally you've seen how these horses react to traffic and some idiot drivers and to just idiot people. Just keep them out of the let horses go be horses. Yeah, I think I it's the other people that I don't like the horses. I like they're kind of like big dogs. It's the other people that I don't trust and like. Because I've seen stuff where I've seen in areas where it's a horse-drawn carriage and they have to share the road with cars and stuff. And people just like, they lose all sense. I don't, am I a human driving a car? What is this? I don't know. I'm going to go run into a light pole. It's just so dumb. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. So I want you to go vote. I want you to go vote. Did I mention I want you to go vote? (laughs) Look at it this way, folks. If dead people can do it, so can you. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I really like Senator John Kennedy out of Louisiana. I I think he's hysterical. If I ever meet him in person, I'm going to be like, sir, will you please do my voicemail greeting on my phone? Because that would be so good. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here with you. So tomorrow, two things we're going to dive into. Uh, We're looking at... First, the man, you y'all are going to get crunched. IRS is coming. They're coming for everything. It's the rule that's forcing Americans to fill out their tax forms on all their Venmo and PayPal transactions over six hundred dollars. So it's that the Biden bill that made taxpayers add to their 1099 K gross payments for goods or services that exceed six hundred dollars. And the new reporting requirement takes effect next month. So you have to remember, they said they lowered the threshold from 20000 to $600. I told you guys this was going to happen. We all told you. Democrats were like, uh-uh. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. This is exactly what happened. Now it's $600. Mm-hmm. Here we are. And here we are. So anything, part-time work, side jobs, selling goods. You know, if you sold a couch, if you sold, resold tickets at the price that you paid, if you did any kind of gig work on the side, the IRS wants you, you got you to start claiming all of it. Oh, are you okay, Kane? I am. No, Kane's mad. Whenever you rub your hands together, you're, it's like you're trying to start a fire with your hands. Well, yeah, I mean, it's infuriating, obviously, because coming from the government who has absolutely no governor on how they spend money, it's completely limitless. It's infinite, infinite liquidity, right? That's mm. what they do. And then we want to sell some furniture that we've had for a few years 
And we got to report that stuff to them? Yep. Because they can't control their spending? Yep. Yeah, of course it's infuriating. There we go. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. We're also going to look at some of the moves in the Senate with the Journalism Competition and Preservation Act. So we're going to dive into all of that tomorrow. Kane, today in Stupidity. All right, really quickly, Biden's energy advisor. Listen. Uh, they thought that would be by the end of the year. Uh, we took the action with the SPR in order to save not just the U.S. economy, but the global economy. So they drained our emergency stash to save the global economy. Yeah, of course they did. Folks, I'll be on Jesse Waters' program tonight in the 6 p.m. Central Hour. Sign up for the newsletter, chapter, and verse at Substack. And I'll be back with you behind the mic tomorrow.